Welcome back to the Staley English and Kurt Show. It's your boy, Coach English, and I am back solo for another episode. Josh and Micah are out once again. Uh, no, no need for them. It's vacation uh, time, so kind of got to give guys a break every now and then. Uh, so once again, uh, understand that we are brought to you by the people over at Unfiltered. Visit www.unfilteredforever.com and give us... You know, use our promo code SEK at checkout for your 10% discount. Today, we have a special treat for you. Um, last episode, you heard from Brian Rosefield, 80 over at uh, Ridgeview. Today, we have the one of my good friends and uh, a, a great coach in, in the state of South Carolina, the head coach of University of South Carolina, Coach Frank Martin. How you doing, Coach? What's up, man? Great to be here with you. And, uh, uh, obviously, Josh, Coach Staley, is, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> on a beach or something yeah, somewhere. I don't he's know got his flip-flops on, and, you know, he's he's working on his suntan. You know, it's, you know he likes the suntan, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Him, the wife, and the kids somewhere on the beach. Well, like, they got me in here working. Um, once again, glad to have you on. Uh, the, usually the tough part about having a, a guest on multiple times is finding something new. Sure. Uh, to discuss. Sure. So, first thing I want to talk about is what probably everybody wants to talk to you about, which is, you know, coaching through that pandemic time Ooh. when we just got back. Yeah. I know it's hard for a high school coach, but we have less to kind of navigate through. Yeah. So, like, what was it for you guys in that time? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, for me personally, it was really complicated. Mm. Um, um, I, I, I'm, I, I, everything I do from a coaching standpoint is based on my relationship with the players. Okay. And because of the whole COVID thing, mm -hmm. we were separated. And I couldn't build those relationships. Mm -hmm. And and then it just, it was one of those years, man. I, I, I've never been through something like that. It's the first time I go through it as a head coach. You're a head coach. Yeah. You make decisions. And I'm not just talking about X and O decisions. You make decisions about Everything. your team, about the people, how you manage things. And... And and sometimes you make bad decisions, and it's yes. all part of it. And mm -hmm. you know, you all right, I can't do that again. You move forward. Well, this past year, it seemed like every decision I made was the bad decision. <laughs> and um, you know, and then I got sick, and you know, mm -hmm. this thing kind of grabbed me and kicked my tail right in the middle of the season. Um, I I I just I didn't have the fight. I did I didn't I didn't have the the resolve mm -hmm. to go into practice and and give the players the energy that I usually give them. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then our players, man, I, I didn't know what, I, I wanted to help them, I didn't know how. Um, we basically 
from December 7th until January 19th, Mm -hmm. we were together for practice five times. Five times. Now, everyone can say, okay, well, what's the big deal? Well, it's the problem is that our players, when you're quarantined, Mm -hmm. you can't leave your apartment. Oh. So they couldn't come out of their apartments. If they did, our campus policy is you, not athletes, any student, Mm -hmm. you're suspended for a semester. So if they would have left their apartments and they get suspended for a semester, we don't have a team. Yeah. So we had our whole team basically in quarantine for we had five practices one half workout uh with seven guys and then we played two games in those seven weeks in those time. when you're a college athlete and you're playing like high level teams mm. you don't get to come in the gym to do anything i mean our guys were in their rooms doing sit-ups and push-ups that's not helping you running up and down a basketball court. And, uh, you know, and then it was hard. And, and we just, uh, we, we were disconnected, um, uh, it, you know, and then our confidence broke. Uh, when you're, you're out there and you're playing and you're struggling to win games, yeah. it, it just messes with your confidence. And our team's confidence got broken. And, and anytime your confidence is broken, it's, 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 it's tough after it, that. It's over. It's over. And that's, that's, that was our journey. It was really hard. It was hard for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, you know, selfishly, uh, I, I, I made some decisions and none of them worked. Okay. Yeah. Well, isn't that usually what you do at the end of the year? You kind of reflect on it and Absolutely. go. Absolutely. But a lot of a lot of coaches wouldn't have done wouldn't have done what you're saying right now and say, hey, look, I made a bunch of bad decisions. They would kind of just go along with it and go, hey, you know, this is what I do. I made this, I believe in what I did. But the fact that you're like, hey, man, I made some bad decisions. That, yeah. It's hard for people to do that. Yeah, well, that's if I want my players to be accountable for their good and their bad, uh, okay. I need to set that example with them. Mm-hmm. As, you know, I don't see. I, I can hide from you because I'll come <laughs> talk to you in this podcast. You know, great thing that you're doing, by the way. No, I appreciate uh, it. But I, I uh, and it's you. Josh yeah. isn't a part of this right now. He, he's vacationing. Uh, but you know, uh, but I, I can come in and convince you of whatever I'm saying because I only do this with you once a year. Yes, I, I live with my players. So if I'm saying certain things publicly, but yet I'm around them every single day and it's not connecting with what I'm saying, then of course they're going to call BS and they have the right to call BS because yeah. they know. And, and, you know, and I say it all the time, you can fool some people, but you don't fool the people you live with. I, I, the first time I've heard that, but yeah, you read about that. <laughs> you, you, you can get in front of the cameras and smile and say all the right things. And, and, and you can fool the people that pay attention to that. But when the cameras are turned off and you go back in the room with the people you live with, you ain't fooling them. At all. Oh, and, and so that's, uh, I, I've got to make sure that if I'm going to ask the players to be accountable for their part, mm-hmm. uh, that they know that I'm willing to publicly uh, acknowledge my, my, my faults and my, okay. my wrongdoings. And uh, uh, that's where it comes from. That's when, you know, when you, you hear people say all the time, Man, Frank coaches those guys hard, man. Why, why, why do they, why do they, they uh, players like? Why are they okay with him coaching them so hard? You know, mm-hmm. times are different. Times aren't different, man. The only thing that's different is the phoniness of social media. Ah. Times are the same. Uh, when 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 people are real, 
we embrace them. When people are phony, we push First them my, away. Yeah, there you go. So that, so that's that. But I've always heard that your kids come in and they kind of can just they just deal with it. Yeah, because to a certain degree, they know you care. That's they, they, they because know, y'all, y'all have put y'all, y'all put that into them. There has to be yeah. something that you you've built the relationship. Like you said before, the toughest thing about being in a pandemic was you weren't able to sustain or continue to build those relationships that's exactly right. with those kids. So it made the season tough because you didn't grow those relationships. So what do you say to coaches that don't believe in the relationships with the kids that they're just coaching kids? Like even at the high school level, I you know I learned at coaching high school. That's why what I do now mm-hmm. I didn't learn it in college. I learned at coaching high school basketball. <laughs> you know I, I I I grew up. I got hired by my high school coach to coach in the same neighborhood I lived in, which is the same neighborhood that I grew up in. Um, and I say it all the time: if I did wrong by kids back then. I didn't have to worry about the media. <laughs> they was knocking at your door. Homeboys knocking on my door saying, why are you doing my son like that? And <laughs> and for the most part, they were the younger brothers and the children of people I grew up with. So, okay. I, it, it, you know. You knew. I knew. <laughs> they know when I know. And and um, so it's, uh, that's the way I learned. I, I learned uh, that you don't coach. You, you coach to score the game mm-hmm. while that clock's running. But that clock's only representative of high school 32 minutes and college 40. Mm-hmm. 40 minutes, uh, you know, 30 times a year. Uh, if that's the only thing I'm worried about, I'm extremely shallow because that's a very small time mm-hmm. of the whole, the whole year. The whole year, yeah. And, and uh, so I'm, 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 I'm more concerned with being connected with those guys for all the time mm-hmm. outside of those 40 minutes 30 times a year. Okay. Uh, but then once those 40 minutes start, it, I've got to manage that game, and it's about uh, winning the game. game at that, in, in that moment. In that moment. Why? Because we choose to be a part of team sports. Mm-hmm. If I don't want to be in team sports, I want to be judged on my own, be a wrestler, be a tennis player, be a gymnast. Play, play golf. Play golf. Yeah. Go swimming. Mm-hmm. But those of us that choose to be in team sports – we need to win yeah. because we will be individually judged based on how we, we succeed. So, yeah. And so the, each individual, what is it? The, the, the strength of the pack is the wolf. The strength of the wolf go. is the pack. There you go. Um, all right. So going to move, going to, going to shift a little bit. Um, some new rules in, in NCAA, you got the, the, the transfer portal, the, the, the monetize, the kids can monetize themselves mm-hmm. now. And, um, how has all of that kind of you think fi- affected teams, individual teams? All these drastic changes in a short period of time. Well, the the I think it's it's all uh, a, a, it's not a little fly in the ointment. I think yeah. these are major changes exactly that are impacting collegiate sports the way we know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the transfer thing, it's been coming, you know, and it started in grassroots basketball. It started mm-hmm. first with AAUs people transferring from team to team to team, week to week to week. And because there's no rules preventing you to do that. Okay, let's put a a stop right there. Yeah. Because I got a question about that. Because I've always wanted to ask this question. How do college coaches view kids that bounce from team to team? Yeah, I I don't know if it's fair to put us all under the umbrella. Under the umbrella. That's a big red flag for me. Okay. I'm a loyalty guy. Mm -hmm. And when you're changing team to team to team to team, uh, then you're searching for something privately. You're not okay. trying to accommodate and fit in where you're at. 
Okay. That, so that, for me, that's a red flag. Okay. Um, but, but, you know, yeah. I, I'm a big loyalty guy. I'm, if I'm on your team, I'm in it with you to the end. Mm. And now when that season ends, if it's not healthy, then you got to go do, separate ways. Do, yeah. It is what it is. It's, uh, I'm not an anti-transfer guy. Mm. Uh, but that, you know, with AAUs, there's no rules. Mm. So they can move. I'm not mad at them. There's no rules. Yeah. But then that started impl- that started infiltrating into high school basketball because now kids can- more transfers in high school. Yeah. High school now now I've, I, when I'm recruiting, I see a young man that's played on four AAU teams, and he's been to three or four high schools. That's a big red flag for me. I'm, I'm me personally. I yeah. see that. I'm like, ooh, this ain't good yeah. uh, because they're going to do the same thing when they get to me. <laughs> And then I can't act like, I can't believe this. Well, that's well, who I recruited. It, it was there. That's who I recruited, you know. And uh, so, um, but, uh, but now it started creeping into college mm-hmm. sports. Uh, men's basketball is the only team sport at the collegiate level mm-hmm. that has a one-and-done rule with the NBA. All the other sports, women's basketball, they're in school four years. Football, three years. Baseball, three years. Hockey three that. years. I never thought about men's that. basketball is the only one that the NBA kind of holds them out for one year and then they can go. So there's there's a, a mindset that's been created before they get to us mm-hmm. that they're they got a chance to be a one and done. See in football they come in and they know they know I got to go. probably get redshirted. <laughs> yeah, you know, and if they're not sure the first day they get stuck in practice, <laughs> they're like, I'm not ready for this one. This yeah. dude's too darn big and strong. I, I got <laughs> ways to go. But in basketball, there's a mindset when they get to college, especially the guys we recruit in the SEC, Mm -hmm. that I'm a one and done. And when they start realizing this is not as easy as I thought, it it complicates things. Well, now there's the the mindset that's been created created in our sport Mm -hmm. of transferring AAUs and high schools. And then now they get to college. Well, I've got to sit out. Well, I don't want to sit out. So, all right, let me figure it out. Let me stick around. And eventually they figure it out. Yeah. And they'd make it. Well, now they now you don't have to sit out. They lift that regulation. You end up with 2,000 transfers. That's what yeah. we have this year. It's, and it's still a lot of kids in the portal, too. Yeah, they're stock. Like, as of today. They're, they're stock. They're, it's, what we've done is we've recruited off each other's campuses. We only talk about Division One, yeah, Division Two, Division Three. Yeah. We've recruited off each other's campuses. There's some that have been left out because we recruited some high school guys. And some high school guys that delayed their decisions because they wanted something better. Are now left out. Are now left out. So we, there's there's a group of people now that are not going to be part of college basketball as a scholarship athlete. Uh, and it has nothing to do with talent. It has to do with the fact that either high school guys chose not to take certain opportunities because they thought they had better ones. Yeah. And people that went into the portal, I told my son, and and you know my son. Yeah. And a year ago, my son wanted to transfer uh, from upstate. And I told him, uh, I usually don't speak about my players mm-hmm. and their journeys, but this is my son. He's got my name, oh, so I'm, of course. I'm cool with it. And I told him, he, he's like, Dad, I, I want to transfer. I said, okay, where are you going? He <laughs> said, I don't know. I said, so, you know, it'd be like me. If I don't like my boss... I'm going to leave my job. I'm going to quit without a job. I said, if you're going to transfer, you're going to put your name in the portal, you better make sure you got a scholarship. You got somewhere, somewhere. Because yeah. if you don't have a scholarship, I'm not paying for your school. 
I, just so you know, because you're going to leave your scholarship because you don't agree with something. Uh, you better make sure you have a scholarship. And and he was like, oh, you don't believe in me? I said, no, 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 no. That's not what I said. You're my son. I've always got your back. Yeah. But I'm not paying for college. You better make sure you've got a place to go under scholarship. Yeah. You know? And and he said, so you just going to put me out there? I said, no, you can come live in my house. But understand this. If you live in my house and you gave up your scholarship, you get a job oh, and you pay bills. Yeah. You, and he's like, Dad, that's not right. I said, no, that's life. Yeah. Don't walk away from a job unless you've got another unless you job. you got something else lined up. There you go. And, you know, and a lot of kids walk uh, away from a job with walk, that. walked away from whatever school, offered them a scholarship, believed in them mm-hmm. because they thought that there was something better out there and now they're sitting there with nothing. And that's, that's a shame. That's yeah. a shame. That's bad advice. That's somebody advised those young people the wrong way. And I spoke with the uh, division two coach a couple weeks ago and I asked him, I said, you know, I, I see that, you know, division ones are doing, are, are recruiting high school kids at this time. I said, why division twos aren't really recruiting as hard. And he was like, well, we're waiting on the kids that think they're supposed to go D1 that are in the transfer portal mm-hmm. to come to their senses in a week or two when they realize they're not going to be anywhere. And then we're going to call them and see what they want to do. And then we can go back to, if that doesn't happen, then we could go back to talking to uh, the high school kids. And I think, and I've said this on other episodes, so I've listeners have heard me say this. I think that one of the losers in all of this is those kids who those basketball player, high school kids. Absolutely. Who might have been recruited, maybe mid-major, low. Now they're falling because if the kid is an high major at this point, it's, it's easier for a college coach pretty much to go into the portal and get a kid that you know that kid can come in. He, he, he's already ready. I don't have to worry about growing pains and stuff. That's just the business of it. And I just feel like a lot of kids are going to miss out because it trickles down. So D1 to D2 to D3 That's to JUCO to NAIA. And then they got the kids that may have been able to do something, but they'll be stuck in it for the next couple of years. But you brought up your son. And uh, I have a daughter who plays uh, basketball. And what's it like to watch him play college basketball? Um, it's real proud. I mean, I, I, I've said this story before. I, I uh, When he was a senior at Cardinal Newman High School, mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't ready to be a Division One basketball player, and uh, um, nobody offered a scholarship. And you know, he he that's that was his dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my wife and I said, let's send him to a prep school, let him do a postgraduate year. It'll be good for him. Okay. Get out of the house. It's like a uh, those those New England prep schools. He went to St. Thomas More up in Connecticut. Connecticut, yeah. And those are like little college campuses. So it's like he lives in a dorm room and the whole deal. It's mm-hmm. like a small college. Um, earned his way into a scholarship. Dave Dickerson, uh, I, I'm forever appreciative and grateful for the fact that he improved my son's life uh, okay. when he offered him a scholarship. He helped my son fulfill a dream. Mm-hmm. He he put in the time to become a better player, and Dave reinforced that, that time that he put in mm-hmm. by believing in him. Uh, and then when he got on campus, Dave held him accountable. Dave coached him. Dave made him a better man. Um, and uh, uh, but one, you know, I first his first college game ever was against us. <laughs> and I say this all the time. I, you know, I uh, my assistants pay more attention to subs than I do uh-huh. because they're the ones in charge of our matchups. So okay. they're on it. Some guy checks in. Yo, Mike, you got him. You know, make sure mm-hmm. you switch your matchups or whatever. Um, and uh, Upstate had the ball, 
and a guy drives baseline. It's the bench. It's the basket in front of my bench. <laughs> drives baseline from the other side and comes up and makes a reverse layup. <laughs> and my big guy doesn't even attempt to block the shot. He just stands there. So the guy that makes the layup kind of stumbles around, <laughs> and now he's running back on defense. And he goes right by me, and I'm yelling at my big guy. Mm-hmm. For just standing there, mm-hmm. like I, nothing bothers me more than people standing, standing around. Yeah, you know, but, <laughs> if you want to stand around, go pay for a ticket. There you go. And, <laughs> you know, so he just stood there. So I'm yelling at him for just standing there, and and guy buzzes right by me, and I turn around and look, and it's my son. And and for a moment there, I was like, my son scored. Like yeah. that was Brandon. So, <laughs> So should I be happy or mad? I was confused. <laughs> but it, it, it's been it's been an awesome thing uh, watching him uh, the first two years. I couldn't go last year because of COVID. Of course. Uh, but for the first his first two years, driving up to Spartanburg and, and watching him play, and uh, it was tremendous. I had the time of my life, and uh, um, and now he uh, unfortunately he got hurt last year. Uh, couldn't play. Okay. He redshirted the whole you know because of injuries this past year. Um, and then he made a decision that, that he wanted to transfer this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he handled himself the right way last year. Okay. So I, at least I engaged him in a conversation. And then those conversations uh, came up that his ultimate dream was always to play for me. Oh. And uh, so uh, I thought he's in a better place as a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of last year, I told you, we lost confidence in our locker room. Uh, I told my wife, I said, as I try to regain trust in the mm-hmm. locker room, uh, wh- how can I not have anything better than my own son in there? Because okay. if I can't trust my son, I got major issues. Got problems. Yes, and so that that was a big part of it. Now his his hands are full. Mm-hmm. He's he's decided to take on that challenge uh, of playing elite level basketball, and uh, I'm really proud. Uh, without Dave Dickerson's help, I'm really proud of him and Dave because without Dave Dickerson's help, he would not have been mentally prepared to take on this challenge right now. Okay. Uh, and then he's been at practice all summer, and it's it's uh, it's been fun. It's, it's been fun. fun to have him out there, and 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 you know you got to remember now he's from my first marriage, mm. so he lived with his mom his first 15 years, so I wasn't there every single day to enjoy okay. his growth. Bro, yeah. So. Having them there in in workouts every day this summer has been fun uh, as we continue to solidify our relationship. Well, that's cool because, I mean, to get a chance to coach your son, I would say, I, mean, I don't want to coach my son. I, I'm, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> I, didn't want to, I didn't want to either. And, uh, but it's just, it, that, that moment happened. That moment has happened. Yeah. So talking about uh, going forward, um, some changes roster-wise. Mm. How you feel about the team going into this year? Yeah, it's uh, – uh, you know, the average fan, and I don't say this in a disparaging manner. Of course. They always want to say the new guy's better or whatever. <laughs> Maybe. It, listen, it, this is not about this guy's better than that guy or that. Last year was uncomfortable for all of for us. For everybody. My bosses were mad. The fans were mad. I was mad. The players were mad. And, and everyone made the best decisions that they could because in life, I'm a big believer, we have to be at peace. If we're not okay. at peace, then we don't need to be doing it. It's hard, man. Yeah. So everyone had to make the decisions that, that they had to make so they can be at peace in their journey. Mm. And as those things unfolded, and in our sport, there's 2,000 transfers. Mm. Like we averaged like 
six transfers per team in Division One basketball. That's a lot of kids. That's half the team. Everyone yeah. lost half the team, and on average. Um, so we had to go sign some transfers, which we did. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, that same group of guys we had last year had won 18 the year before mm. and were one win away from going to the NCAA tournament mm. yeah. when COVID shut down the season. And and so it's not about whether they were good or they weren't. Eh, that's irrelevant. Mm. Uh, the fact is that now we've got other guys on the team. we got some returning players. There's real good spirit in that gym right now okay. uh there's 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 a talent that i like mm-hmm. um you know but i like the talent every year yeah. we recruit these guys I, <laughs> i'm not going to recruit guys i don't like well yeah you know what i mean so <laughs> but there's a spirit there's a talent level um uh we're big uh we we've lost our physicality at the rim mm-hmm. uh, when we lost chris silva and before chris silva Sindarius. And, and a guy named C.D. Keita. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we used to play with a physicality at the rim that we lost the last two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got that physicality back. And um, um, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I, I really, really like what I see. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the summertime, man. Of course. Everyone's in a good mood <laughs> yeah. in the summer. It's, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, it's, you <laughs> know, the, gotta... the, the season teaches us to either win or lose. Okay, and uh-huh. and uh, so I'm, I'm, but I'm excited uh, with what's in place to take on the season and see which way it goes. Okay. I'm excited. I think we're gonna be good. Well, I can't wait to see you guys play. You always, you always intense. Yeah. That's my, that's the way I enjoy the game. Um, lastly, um, as far as our questions are concerned, uh, the the state of uh, well, the culture of basketball in South Carolina. How is it different from uh, maybe Florida or a Georgia? Hmm. Um, and not bad or worse, just how is it different? Um, I think all three of those states, us, Georgia, and Florida, are very similar mm-hmm. in the sense that they're such football-dominant states mm-hmm. um, that, you know, like when like you're in Hartsville. Mm-hmm. When you get out of the big city and you kind of get more out into the, the, the country, Football the rural somewhere. areas, yeah. the athletic director is the football coach. So every decision being made in athletic departments at the schools are football Related. driven. Mm. And, and you know, and that's, I don't say that again, negatively against yeah. anybody. That's a reality. That's a fact. Yeah. And um, uh, so kids grow up outside of the inner city of Columbia or Greenville where we're at or mm. Charleston or where, you know, the big yeah. cities, they grow up football people because they're around nothing but football people. And, and, and uh, I think all three, those states are very similar that way. I know Florida was very similar to that. Um, um, what I think's happened, I've been here nine years now. I'm going in 10 years. So I've, I've seen some change, a change. Mm. Uh, I think that, that there's more attention to basketball in our state right now mm. than there ever has been since I've been here. Um, I think basketball, guys that are 14 and 15 that are playing basketball are getting celebrated and are gaining the attention that they deserve uh, compared to before where probably not too many people paid attention. Yeah, And, uh, and I think that's making others want to play. Um, I'm going to speak selfishly for a second. I think us going to a Final Four, Thornwell, P.J. Dozier, 
yeah. coming to school in South Carolina and going to a Final Four, it made more kids kind of in this in our state, in our state yeah. sit there and say, man, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I want to play ball. And I think we've got more folks like you, like Josh Staley. Um, uh, you know, the, 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 the states always have real good high school coaches. But I think we've got a younger age group of high school coaches that are out there, not just coaching from November to March, <laughs> coaching September to August. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and that's important. Yeah. So it's giving more visibility and more credibility mm-hmm. to basketball in our state. And I think that's why you're seeing, because um, um, it, it's not like the state hasn't had good basketball players. It's always had good basketball players. But now it's starting They're to, being celebrated yeah. more. So I think we're starting to have more of them rather than just the four or five guys that have always been pretty good. Which is true, because I, I think uh, last AAU game I was at, it was like college coaches galore. Absolutely. Watching some South Carolina kids just Absolutely. play basketball. So that was great. Um, Going to get you out here with one last question. Yeah. I know you got to run. We tight on schedule. All right. So you normally we ask this NBA question, best players against best oh, players. Oh, boy. So I said, you did, we did that last time. So I said, okay, we're going to take the best college basketball players. So you, I'm going to give you a five, and you pick a five college basketball players to beat this five. Any basketball player of all time. So this is, this is the Staley, English, and Kurtz team. Magic Johnson in college, Michael Jordan, Tim Duncan, Lou Alcindor, and Danny Manning. What five college basketball players of all time can you put together to beat that five? Uh, Kevin Durant. He was good at Texas. Michael Beasley. We're talking about not pro careers. You're talking about college college careers. Kevin Durant. Michael Beasley. Michael Beasley. Um. Wow, put me in a spot. Uh, Christian Leitner. Mm. That would be my front line. That's That'd be my front five, line? four, and three. I need two okay. good guards. You need two good cars. Um, Kenny Anderson. Oh, I was a huge Kenny Anderson. Guy, I was man. A Kenny Anderson and Travis Best. I was. I was a huge, huge Kenny Anderson. Kenny Anderson. Guy. Uh, every jersey for every team he ever uh, played Kenny for. Kenny Anderson. Uh, man, give me a good two guard. Uh, <laughs> the problem is you got black Jesus on your team. <laughs> so I don't care who I get, I'm in trouble. <laughs> you got black Jesus on that team, man. I, I don't care who I, who I pick. Uh, let me. I'm trying to think of a good two guard here real quick off the top of my head. Um, uh, oh, man. Um Mm. Mm. Man, you put me on the spot. I'm I'm drawing a blank here. Drawing a blank. Uh Reggie Lewis. How about that? Ooh. I'll go with Reggie Lewis. That's a good one. Or Len Bias. Or Len Bias. See, I was going to go Len Bias, but I kind of wanted to leave him out. To kinda... I, I, I'll go with either one of those. Okay. Guys. All right. Well, Frank, once again, thank you so much for your time for this yearly visit. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I guess uh, I can't wait to see what you guys do in the season. Um, like you said, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours. So we'll be at it once again. Listeners, thank you once again for listening in. Uh, it's the Staley English and Kurt Show, and we are out. Damn, it is shit exclusive
Metro tab for iOS and Android. The best way to connect and network with others with just a tap. MetroTap allows you to instantly show your social media, music, payment platforms, and contact information just by tapping your phone. MetroTap can be used by anyone in any industry, and the other person you're networking with does not need the app to receive your information. Customize your profile with MetroTap Direct to instantly met someone to your Instagram. MetroTap also comes with a personal QR code, which is perfect for events and websites. Anyone can use it with and without the app. So why not take the work out of network and download MetroTap now?